This podcast is hosted by R Double P. If you are easily spooked, creeped, or offended, this might not be the podcast for you. Do you want me to begin? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> like, nervous and excited and like just thrilled to be here. <laughs> it's like a swimming pool. You just got to jump in. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Welcome back everyone to the fridge. This is I Think My Fridge is Haunted. My name is Gemma and this is Lana Lunacy. Hello. Oh I'm so excited. <laughs> you guys, it's been way too long. It's been, it's actually been 10 months. 10 months. It's been a, it's been a hell of a year. I have to admit, um, when Esther left the podcast to um, do criminology and, yeah. you know, do a few other things as well, even though we've remained really close friends, I was a bit lost. Yeah. Because I kind of thought, you know, who else yeah, could she- do this weird thing that we do that's it she was your other half for like what five seasons yeah yeah significant and when I thought of you as a potential host I I sat on that idea for two weeks (laughs) I thought if I asked you you'd think (laughs) no weirdo (laughs) when you asked me I was like um yes of course yeah I know you were like yeah I'll do it and I was like (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) no I it's like an absolute dream come true like I've always wanted to do a podcast I think like half the world at the moment yeah but to do what everyone's you- a podcaster, aren't they? They are. I feel like when I say I'm a podcaster, people almost like roll their eyes. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking about it last night, though. Like in the nervousness of everything happening, I was like, "Why do people love podcasters? Why do we want to do this?" And I think it's like a sense of connection, mm-hmm. it's a sense of community. It's mm-hmm. finding people like minded and want to talk about all the weird stuff together. Right? Yeah. Like I said to my friend Greg, I've got a new co-host, and and he and he looked at me. He's been on the, the podcast before, mm-hmm. and he said, "Um, so." is she and I said yeah she's a spooky bitch she's like me <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it like always, always have been always will be it's just fascinating yeah, yeah yeah you have quite the credentials um the one that I'm most impressed by is that you've worked at Cryo Castle yes for those international listeners, we have the most ridiculous structure out in regional Victoria. Mm-hmm. If you're in Melbourne, it takes about two hours to drive there. It's a medieval castle. It is a medieval castle in the middle of country Victoria. It's really weird. Yeah. And uh, I've been there to do a murder mystery and dinner night. The best. <laughs> um, I think back in the day, it was used for rave parties when it was sort of between owners. Yeah, it has quite a history and it's it's most it seems to be most known for these raves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People always go, oh, I went to a rave there. Uh, Let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember the last time I was there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know why. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I. very brief history is like, it was started in the 70s by an absolute madman, Keith Ryle. Right. And it basically, he was like, I want to build a castle. And the city council was like, no. 
<laughs> no, you can't do that. And he's like, oh, well, I have enough money. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And so he did. But I love that he, he actually wanted to, to, to create, like, the surrounding Norman villages and all. And, you know, he wanted to make it a whole Lord of the Manor situation, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Like, he wanted to be the king of the castle. Like, you know how we have Sovereign Hill, which mm-hmm. is the gold rush colonial times of Australia. It's a theme park where, you know, you pretend it's 1860 or something like yeah. that. It's kind of like down the road. You can yeah. pretend, pretend it's 1260. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, just a leap in history yeah <laughs> i love that um, it's it's so wild and i think because it is so ridiculous it created its own history like this yeah there's stories about like when it first opened of actual human remains being there what yeah there's a whole story about indian um bones and skeletons being there they got sent back thankfully but there used to be a zoo there was lions like it wild when you say indian bones yeah what does that mean i like imported skeletons from india why no idea i think he probably wasn't allowed to get them locally that was it he was a collector of i yeah. suppose curiosities yeah and he was definitely. like i want some skeletons yep and well because there, there's like one part of it is the um torture chamber Yes. So he wanted a kind of living museum, I say, with air quotes. Um, and he has setups of like the um, the racks and, you know, the chambers and all the all the torch devices, the Iron Maidens and all that kind of stuff. And he wanted bodies in them. Real to, ones. Yeah. The thing is that, like, people steal them. So when I, when I went to Paris, I went to the catacombs underneath. Oh, and yeah. when we came back up after doing, like, you know, the circuit – there was like a pile of skulls at reception. I was like, "Oh, what are these?" She goes, "Oh, it's when we pe- we check people's backpacks and they like take skulls." What? <laughs> the so like at the end of the day, there's like a little pile of skulls at reception that people have tried to steal. Oh my god, <laughs> Marissa, you can't take that with you. Yeah. Actually, yeah, see, that's that belongs here. Oh Has god. to stay here with the rest of that body's bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like don't people think that's super haunted and they're like if they take bones they're cursed and all that kind of I'd thing. I'd be more like worried about catching plague. Yeah, right. But then uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing with it. What, you know, what are they drinking champagne out of it or something? Yeah. I don't know. They just want to be cool. It's cool to yeah. steal things. Don't no, be a wanker. Don't, don't, don't be a grave robber. Don't steal history. Just don't. And that goes for, you know, England, don't steal. I'm sorry, beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> don't steal things. So, Lana, you're here. I am. Um, I'm so happy. I am and so I happy. hope that people um, are super excited about getting to know you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've still got the jitters, obviously, but all I want to do is just share like all these thoughts that I've had forever and interests in you know history and cryptids and conspiracies and like you sit there by yourself and you think of everything and yeah there's a whole community of people that are interested in that so yeah i just want to share that i'm yeah really thrilled to be here yeah cool cool yeah sometimes i share and it's just like it can go anyway like the other day because i'm an insomniac um oh. i said to my husband do you know what kept me up last night and he goes what what are they gonna call the next century it <laughs> stresses me out even though i'm gonna be long gone yeah what what's it gonna be about though? what's 2101 gonna be called is mm. it gonna be 2101 2101 21 hundred thousand and one yeah. it's just it's too much 
I wonder if like low cut jeans will still come back in style at the turn of the century. I hope not. Oh, for all we know, corsets and bustles will come back. Mm. Won't that be cool? Yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> Everyone involved. But you're right. Like I, I heard recently about that we're possibly going into a new like era of hum- like humanity. Like you know how there's the, like been the golden age and the the stone age and the, like all that. Right. Like, because of technology, we're going into like a new age of human. And I can't remember the name of it. I'm sure someone will know it. But because of the rapid change in technology, we're isn't it strange to be a part of that? Like, yeah, considering all the history of the last few years, yeah, it just when you're in it, it doesn't seem real. But when you're looking back at history, it's like, oh yeah, of course that happened. Yeah, we we used to have phones attached to the wall. Yep, not that long ago, <laughs> either. And, and you couldn't take them with you. No, no, like when you left your house. You were completely untethered oh, from man. society, your friends. Like, you were in the, the wilderness alone. Yep. Whereas now, people can just call you. I know, it's awful. It's like <laughs> when you meet someone, you say, oh, be at Flinders Street Station, station at, at midday. Back in the day, if you, if you were late or they were running late or something like that, you just didn't know. Yeah. It's just, it's like such a freeing thought, I mm. think, now. But back then, I'm... No, I suppose it was like scary, but also like, yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah. Like, I don't need to know where they are all the time. And now mm. you can know where anyone is at any time. And it's both good and it's bad. It's good and bad. It's, uh, yeah. Totally. Two totally. Sides. Yeah. Two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we get into facts from the freezer? Facts from the freezer. Facts from the freezer. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Um. Yeah, I've got like a mini almost story, but I thought it'd be good for me to like launch into what I'm interested in so people can kind of learn about what my interests are. The floor is yours. Thank you so much. Um, Gemma, did you know that in 1897, a dead Pope was put on trial? Oh, I feel like I've vaguely heard of this. Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. So in 18, oh no, sorry, 18, 897, 1897, um, a corpse of a pope was put on trial by his living successor. So Pope Formosus, who became pope in uh, 891, mm. and at the time he became pope, he was still bishop of Porto, Italy, which is super illegal. So you, you couldn't be two. You couldn't have two... Um, positions basically in the church. Oh, so it was like having two wives? Yeah, pretty much. It was like, mm, you can't be the Pope of two different, like, you can't be a bishop and a Pope. Like, that's not okay. But he got away with it because of the lack of technology back then. Exactly right. No one was well, to know. No one really cared. And that was the interesting thing. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And he, he was like, oh, okay, I'm safe. All right. Yeah, they were all too busy, like, farming 18 hours a day. Yeah. Well, Farming uh, Italy, drinking wine. Drinking wine also. Like, they just were like, eh, it's all right. He seems okay. (laughs) Um, So, Pope Formosus, he died of natural causes in uh, April of 896. He's, (laughs) after he died, his uh, predecessor died 15 days into his papacy. Isn't that a fun word? Papacy? Papacy. Papacy. Yeah. 15 days. Died. Okay. Yeah, but popes are usually pretty old when they, you know, step up. Especially in like <laughs> 897, like. Oh, what's the, he, the what was he, 43? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> bless you, bless you. Um, and then Pope Stephen VI was elected. 
who was allegedly just as guilty uh, as Formosus about ruling over the two uh, two dioceses. Uh, and he was held uh, as he had held two overlapping bishop possessions in the past. So he was just as bad as Formosus. It's rife. Yeah. They don't care. <laughs> the popes. They're like, I'm the boss. What do you mean? I can do whatever I want. I'm a la pope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, so the Spoleto family, uh, who use their influences to elect popes and people in power, including, including Stephen, uh, to their liking at the time. Uh, Formosus didn't really like this Spoleto family. I uh, didn't really listen to them. The Spoletos were like, we want this guy in next or we want this guy elected. And Formosus was like, mm, no, I don't think I will. So there's a bit of a feud going on. And <laughs> it's great. The Spoletos were planning to kill Pope Formosus and then he died of natural causes before they could. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Don't you love how the medieval times work? <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, peace <laughs> out, I'm done. Can't even get to me. Uh, so Pope Stephen VI, uh, to cover up his own illegal activity, Stephen and a member of the Spoleto family conspired to bring disgrace to the former Pope Formosus, who had been dead for nine months. Such time. was their rage. They were like, this is ridiculous. Um, we've both got the Italian hands for some reason now. <laughs> can't stop. It's just too good. Um, <laughs> um, they, uh, so they'd been conspiring at the time. He'd been dead for nine months already and was hardly qualified to defend himself. Because he's dead. Because he's dead. <laughs> In the ground, rotting. Yeah. Let the guy leave me. <laughs> Nevertheless... Pope Stephen VI had the body of Formosus dug up, dressed up in priestly robes and propped, and propped on the venerable seat of Roman pontiffs to stand trial. Hashtag petty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, oh, he's dead? Mm, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm in power now and I want to be... Yeah, dig that bastard up. Dig him up. This is ridiculous. Um... He was even appointed a teenage deacon to speak on his behalf. This is... <laughs> I don't even have words. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so this poor teenager is standing there like, um, yeah, oh, no, he said, he said he's not guilty. Good. Maneuvering in his chin to, <laughs> to look like he's talking. <laughs> like a little, like, wicked style, like, whisper in the ear. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, during the trial as well, Stephen was, like, flying into these fits of rages and mocking the silence of the corpse. <laughs> why don't you say something? Ah, why can't you can't defend yourself? Like, come on, sir. So, Formosus... His, of- his, his silence... Is his guilt. Yeah, exactly right. And the whole, like, jury and, you know, the town was just like, um, yep, okay, sure. Bizarre. So strange. Like, Mm. 897, like, what are they doing? They need entertainment, I suppose. (laughs) So, Formosus, of course, was found guilty uh, on perjury and breaking canon law. Stephen had the corpse stripped of the the robes and the jewels Uh, Three fingers cut off and dumped into a common grave. More That'll teach you. Yeah. Yeah. Take that, buddy. (laughs) It's so weird. I know. Like, (laughs) I suppose there was so 
so about the afterlife. They're like, ah, you can see us, you can see what we're doing. <sighs> More sources claim that uh, Stephen VI later ordered the corpse to be dug up again and what? then dumped in the river. This guy is mad. I mean, this petty. guy is petty. Like, this is, I mean, he needs hobbies. Well, does the church not have anything else to do? Like, Apparently not. No. <laughs> the story eventually goes that the corpse was finally fished out of the river and put into a grave once again. Shh, don't tell him. Don't, him. don't, don't tell, tell him. Stephen. It's like he was standing by the river like, yeah, like every day. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. End of all that story basically is like Stephen. The the town was like, that's not okay, actually. Stephen was um kind of separated himself from the family and they like they all kind of went away and then eventually he was like <laughs> caught, put in jail and strangled to death. Caught for what? I, I think just for like absolute lunacy. Like <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Went, Interfering with a corpse, perhaps. Yeah, they just went, that's not okay. Even if you're the Pope, it's not okay, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So they they slept on the situation. Yeah. And they woke up and they went, Is that weird to you? <laughs> Does that seem right? It's like I didn't want to say anything, but you're, like, kind of reading the room and saying what everyone's thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, <laughs> chased out of the town. And a, yeah, a dishonourable death, I will say. There's so many crap Stevens in history. I know. <laughs> Sorry to any Stevens listening. It's not we, we We should get on to Stephen and, and Matilda, the first Queen of England at some point. He <gasps> yes. was a crap Stephen. Yeah, that's right. Um, I do highly recommend as well, there's a great video on YouTube called Three Hilariously Terrible Popes. Oh. It's by um, BuzzFeed. It's you old, old BuzzFeed. Right. But, um, Shane Day, who's from Now Watcher, which is a YouTube channel. Don't know it. Very good. They do like true crime, uh, paranormal investigations, but mm-hmm. also like conspiracy theories and like they're just absolute nerds about it and I love them. So, right. Oh, cool. Yeah. He also does puppet history, which we will have to watch. I'm going to send you so much puppet history. I feel like I've heard of that on another podcast this week. Yeah. Oh, who was talking about it? I think it might have been the guys from uh, Pen and Trash or, oh, no, it might have been the girls from Drinking the Kool-Aid. Someone was talking about it. It's it's just brilliant. It's yeah. entertaining, but it's also so educational, and I, I I love them. So yes, I I got the idea from them, and I just it fascinating. People cool. are fascinating. <laughs> Speaking of fascinating people, shall yes. we get into this mess? Did you have a fact, or did you want to get straight oh, into yes, it? Oh yes, I've got a fact. Actually, my fact mm. relates to today's story. Fantastic. So, did you watch the show The Last of Us? I haven't. Yet, I have played the game, though. Oh, so you know. I know of it, you, obviously. You've seen, you've heard. Yes, I just can't deal with more Pedro Pascal. <laughs> he is <laughs> everywhere. I know, he's everywhere. <laughs> love, love, obviously. But I, I think the emotional roller coaster of it, knowing what it is, I'm like, yeah. Mm. But yes, tell me. Oh, we're still not over episode three. Wailing. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> 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 So, The Last of Us features a fictional fungus that takes over people's brains and turns them into zombies. The fungus is inspired by real-life parasitic fungi called cordyceps, Mm. of which there are over 400 species. About 35 of them are known to turn insects into zombies. But there could be as many as 600 uh, in existence. We don't know exactly. 
So the fungus grows inside the host and eventually bursts out of their head. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, when we saw um, basically fungus zombies on TV, we're like, ooh, that's new. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, actually. No, it's a, it's, um, it's a thing. I have a feeling that I was reading about the ants that become zombies. Like That could be the same thing because they do target ants a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And they like climb up high so the fungus grows and then, oh, it's just horrific, isn't it? Yeah. It's maniacal. Yeah. Poor, like, poor, like, animal kingdom. <laughs> right. It's with brutal. Absolutely. <laughs> Hello, Twisted Humans. Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cult, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. In 1952, there was a record high of UFOs reported. 1,500 sightings. There has been evidence of human sacrifice, devil worship, and it is haunted by more spirits than can be counted. A family of two adults and two kids reportedly saw a giant flying thing with glowing red eyes. And meanwhile, the family's nanny that helped Veronica to care for her and Lucian's children was found bludgeoned to death in the basement of their family home. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted, Twisted and, and Uncorked. So today's case is I'm going to categorize under unsolved and ongoing. Mm, wonderful. My sources are so many. ABC News, BBC, People.com, Herald Sun, Sky News, The Age, The Daily Mail, News.com.au, The Guardian, Nine News, and Dr. Todd Grande on YouTube, oh, who I've now turned you on to as a fan. Oh, my God. He's so funny. He is funny. He's very dry. Very, very. <laughs> the deadpan nature of the comedy is so funny. Yeah. Love him, though. Also, he's generally correct. Like, right. when he throws his hat into the ring about unsolved cases or ongoing or ones that are about to go to court, he's usually right. That's amazing. Mm. I love that. So just a disclaimer, we are recording this on Monday, 14th of August. This case is ongoing and there's new information coming out of this about this case like um, quite often. Mm -hmm. So it's highly possible that by the time this comes out, uh, you know, a whole big revelation has happened. Mm -hmm. Too bad. You're going to have to wait <laughs> for part two and then we'll Heck yeah. come into it again. So we're talking about these mushroom deaths. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> okay. I'm so glad. Now I had to, I mean, I have other cases that I want to talk about, but this, it's just, this is important because everyone's obsessed with it. I re it's in the New York Times. It's everywhere. Across the world. It's across the world. I saw reports in England, um, like right? everywhere. Yep. Let's get onto the timeline yes, before please. we get onto anything else. So, Saturday, July 29th, just a couple of weeks ago, Don and Gail Patterson, they're a couple in their, I think, late 60s, early 70s, I would say. Mm. They go for lunch at their daughter in law's house. Her name is Erin Patterson. Now, Erin's two young children are there as well, a daughter and a son. We don't know their ages just yet. Erin is hosting a lunch. Also at the lunch are the Wilkinsons, Heather and Ian Wilkinson. Now, Ian is the local pastor, not pastor bolognese. 
pastor. I couldn't help but think of that any time anyone said it. I was like, mm, pastor. Oh, yeah. wait, no, no, that's rude. <laughs> yeah. So they go um, over to Aaron's house for a lunch. Uh, it is alleged that the lunch was – some people have said stroganoff and some people have said beef wellington. Mm. In any case, the lunch included mushrooms. Yes. The children's father, Simon Patterson, was also invited, but he pulled out at the last minute for an unknown reason. That night, uh, Don, Gail and Heather, as well as Ian, all presented symptoms of what they thought were food poisoning. Less than a week later, Don, Gail and Heather are dead. Uh, the it, It's very quickly understood that they have ingested what's known as death cap mushrooms. Mm. There are small news items at this point reporting the deaths from mushroom poisoning, also adding that there is no public danger. There are no mushroom recalls, no public health warnings issued, and the case actually just kind of disappeared for a couple of days. I remember it was just very, you know, uh, just on the news, three people have died from mushroom poisoning. There's no public health Nothing to be worried about. Mm. That's all. After a couple of days, it exploded. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gone off. It's just, for the last probably 10 days, it's been all Melbourne has been talking about. Yeah, non-stop, first thing on the news. So this has happened in uh, east, well, sort of, yeah, eastern Victoria. It's about two hours outside of Melbourne. Um, yeah, so it's a regional area but it's quite suburban. Like, it's a it's small town, but it has, like, sort of a suburban sort of feel to it. Yeah. It's uh, Leon Gatha. Yes. So, detectives search Erin Patterson's home on Saturday, August the 5th. So, we're talking one week ahead of the lunch. Yeah. Uh, one week Past. ahead in the future. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what you meant. I know. Yeah. Detectives search Erin uh, Patterson home on Saturday, 5th of August, and question her over the deadly lunch. While Ian Wilkinson, who is the pastor, he's fighting for his life in hospital. Yeah. They're actually saying that he's looking for uh, a liver transplant at this point. So at the time that we're recording, he's, he's still in a critical condition. Yeah, right. Um, on Sunday, the uh, 6th of August... Um, the Herald Sun reveals that police are probing whether a food dehydrator was used to prepare the lunch uh, and then thrown away at the local tip the day after the meals were served. Man. So, <laughs> and a, a, a dehydrator was actually found at the tip and was taken away for forensic testing. Monday, August 7th. Homicide Squad Detective Dean Thomas confirms that Erin Patterson, who is... Now, she's the daughter-in-law of Don and Gail, but what I also didn't say, she's actually the ex-daughter-in-law. So she and her husband are separated. Yeah. Uh, The detective confirms that Erin is a suspect in the case. Outside her Leongatha home, she tells the media, and I transcribed this last night, she said... 
and you've seen the video, haven't you? She's I crying. Have. She, they've, they've sort of cornered her. She's come in. She's got her groceries. And they've said, what happened? Where would you get the mushrooms? How do you feel about the whole situation? Um, and she's just trying to get into her house. Yeah. She said, it's a tragedy what's happened. I'm so devastated by what's happened. The loss of Don and Don is still in hospital, but also Ian and Heather and Gail, who were some of the best people I've ever met. Gail was like... Gail was the mum I didn't have because my mum passed away four years ago and Gail's never been anything but good and kind to me. And Ian and Heather were some of the best people I've ever met. They never did anything wrong to me and I'm so devastated about what's happened and the loss to the community and to the families and to my own children have lost their grandmother. What I can tell you is that I just can't fathom what has happened. I just can't fathom what has happened that Ian and Heather have lost their lives and Gail has lost her life and Don is still in hospital. And I pray, I pray that he pulls through because my children love him. I'm devastated. I loved them and I can't believe that this has happened and I'm so sorry they have lost their lives and I just can't believe it, just can't believe it. Leave me alone now, please. When asked if she had anything to say about being a suspect, she said... Yes, I say I didn't do anything. I love them and I'm devastated that they're gone. I hope with every fibre of my being that Don pulls through. She would not answer where she got the mushrooms, although she was asked two or three times. Why does she keep saying Don is in hospital? Yeah, that's like one of the clearest things of all of this. Yeah. Why Don? Don was one of the first people to die. Yeah. Ian is in hospital. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I know my father-in-law's name. Right. His name is Rex. It's what? always been Rex. It is not Don. And that's a cool name. Too. <laughs> I love that. But like, uh, you like understanding all the grief of it, but she says it so many times. Yeah. So and many it's times. really bizarre. Now, unless we've been given the wrong, wrong information. Yeah. About the names. And every news <laughs> station in the world has yeah. been given the wrong names. Yeah. That was very bizarre to me. Mm. Uh, Tuesday 8th of August the Herald Sun reveals that Erin Patterson's ex-husband Simon and this shocked everyone suffered a mystery gut illness in May 2022 which landed him in an induced coma for either 16 or 21 days depending on which article you're reading Mm -hmm. it's possible he was in hospital overall for 21 days and maybe he was in the coma for 16 days yeah it's also confirmed that police are forensically test- testing the dehydrator that was discovered dumped at the nearby rubbish tip. Can't wait for those results. The following day, Wednesday 9th of August, police return to the Coonwarra tip to question workers and to obtain CCTV footage. So the police are serious. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not taking this lightly no. at all. No, not at all. There's so many eyes on them. Like everyone's looking at mm-hmm. them and they need to get those answers. It's, it, it, I can't imagine the amount of pressure they are under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Thursday, 10th of August, the Herald Sun reveals that Simon Patterson told friends last year that he believed his ex-wife, Erin Patterson, had tried to poison him. The Herald Sun puts out the front page headline, She Tried to Poison Me. Mm. I don't know if I believe this. I feel like there's a big cloud of hearsay. over this like how one what friend are you talking to two he's not saying anything to anyone 
No. I believe that he's just been talking through um, like some sort of a publicist or something like yeah. that at this point. I think what they've done is they've gone on his Facebook page, they've noticed that he was in hospital, he had an undisclosed gut issue. And I I don't know that he has expressly said she tried to poison me. Yeah. I feel like um, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of speculation mm. and I don't know necessarily that it's true. So I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We have to remember that we, we don't know if she's guilty or innocent. And if she's innocent, the trauma that she's been put through in the last 10 days or 14 days has been indescribable. Absolutely. So we've got to give her some sort of benefit of the doubt, I think. Yeah. Even though... It's not looking good for her. Uh, Not at all. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, all the arrows might point, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Right. It's also not for us to judge. Mm -hmm. It's literally the police's job. Yes, we can sit here and talk about it all we want, and I'm sure we will. Mm. But this, yeah, at the end of the day, this is a woman who's just lost, like, a decent chunk of her family. Right. Including her parents, you know, years prior. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of, like, mercy for someone like this. Totally. I mm. completely, yeah. So it was In the first few days, a lot of um, people that I know were, oh, she's guilty, she's guilty. I was like, just wait. Let's just wait. Mm. We don't know yet. Yeah. Let's just remember, we've just come out of a new Kathleen Folbig scandal where for 30 years people thought that she was this big mass murderer. And it's now come out that... Maybe she was innocent this entire time and all of those four children were actually just ill babies. Yeah. Like so I don't I just don't want to have another Lindy Chamberlain or another Kathleen Folbig. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, I bet in like maybe a year's time we'll be like, remember that? And we all thought this and da da da. Like Yeah. We're all running down the street with pitchforks. Absolutely. And yeah. Anyway, on Thursday morning, Erin is seen leaving her house with a large suitcase and says that she's going to see her lawyers. Later that day, around 5pm, a representative from that law firm arrives at her house to hand deliver a letter, but she's not home. They've got no way of contacting her because all of her electronic devices have been seized. Yeah. So the weird thing about that is that if they knew that she was coming to their office... Why would they send someone way out to Lee and Gaffa to hand deliver a letter? Yeah. So people did question that. Like they for a minute there it was, oh, has she gone on the run? Mm. She didn't go on the run because at around two o'clock that day she was seen at an ATM in the court district in the centre of Melbourne. Oh, right. So I think she really did go to the lawyers. But perhaps there was some kind of error of communication somewhere along the way. It's all possible, isn't it? Yeah. So who is Erin Patterson? She is a 48-year-old mum of two. She has a large real estate portfolio of four or five properties, which one source said were all paid in cash. Um, and she's uh, apparently she's never worked. Like okay. she's never had a like a like a job. So I think real estate must be her for, form of income. Yeah, right. Um, so I guess that we can presume that she comes from a wealthy background. Maybe she's been quite clever in investing her money and she's done well. Yeah. 
we know that both her parents passed away in 2019 and that her parents-in-law were like a second set of parents to her. According to Dr. Todd Grande's video, she has been described as a lover of unicorns and also someone who is quite naive and uh, she had, quote, an odd relationship with her husband. We don't know what that means. Yeah, that part of his video really intrigued me because I watched his video first and then I went and watched that interview with her in front of her car. Mm. And I went, "Mm, that looks so suspicious. And then I thought back to that that description Mm -hmm. of her and I went, she's not really looking at them. She's not really answering their questions. She was disconnected now that you say that. Very disconnected. And I wonder like... I don't want to pile on. I don't want to make excuses or anything, but was it loves unicorns? Um, I think he said something about like she's quite blunt. She doesn't yes. like small talk. I was That's like, right. is she of the neurospicy variety? Highly possible. If she hasn't like worked a particular particular job mm. her whole life and has just you know been able to focus on her real estate and all that kind of stuff, I'm like. We don't know, obviously, but mm. I, I, I couldn't just assume that she's guilty because she's not responding the yeah. way you think she should. Yeah. But I, I went, oh, that's weird. An odd relationship. Oh, she likes unicorns. And I went, oh, that just sounds like a neurodivergent person. It's like in that movie Hoodwinked. You can't just arrest someone for being creepy. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, so, I'm so happy you said Hoodwinked. I love that movie so I love much. it. The Those are goodies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about the family circumstances yes. at, the, at the time that this, ha- this lunch happened. So it has been speculated that the lunch was proposed by Erin to get the family together in order to discuss Erin getting back together with Simon. So they've been split up for some time and I did read somewhere that they had been living in separate homes for quite some time as well, even when they were married. Even when they were married. Yeah. Now, uh, that's yeah. alleged. That's just something I read. I don't know if it's true. Well, that, that was my next question. I was like, how long has it been since they've been separated, I suppose? Don't know. But yeah, I couldn't see anything anywhere either. So, but if that's alleged, obviously, who knows? Now, apparently Ian, who's the pastor, he was going to be attending as a mediator along with his wife, Heather. Yes. So it's also been speculated that Gail and Don, who are Simon's parents, were not huge fans of Erin. We don't know why or even if that's true. Mm. But it does show goodwill on their part to at least agree to attend and listen to what Erin has to say. Yeah. So what happens next? Simon Patterson, the ex-husband... Some have described him as uh, being her estranged husband. He's also the father of the two children, a son and a daughter. Um, We don't know the ages of the children, but according to the age on August 10, it was written that their toys lie behind a locked gate and Simon hasn't been spotted in town for over a week. So that would suggest to me that they're quite young if they've got toys in the garden. Yeah. How old's Aaron? 48. That's right. Um, Probably young children, I assume. Uh, let's just say under 10, perhaps. Yeah. Or at least under 12. Uh, the age also said he and the Wilkinson children, so that would be the children of uh, Ian and... Heather. Heather. Yeah. 
Uh, they're grieving and are unsure of what to say publicly. They've kept to themselves, appointing a media advisor to deal with the throngs of reporters flocking to the town. And my friend Lisa, actually, she works at uh, one of the Woolies over there, and she said that there's been media outside the Woolworths. Oh, man. Mm. Oh, like, imagine being, like, connected to this case, obviously Mm. being the children of Heather and Ian, but, like, not directly attached to it and then being just hunted down by the media. Yeah. And not knowing anything. Anyone that's close to the family has probably got people in their bushes with cameras. Simon was the one who put in uh, was put into an induced coma in May of 2022 with gut issues. He actually twice came extremely close to death. Mm. Um, so the media went to the house and interviewed Erin as she was coming in from getting groceries, and we heard the transcript of that exchange. Um, o- over the next day, she complained that the media were stopping her from leaving her house and keeping her trapped. Uh, so much so that she couldn't even go outside to feed her sheep. Yeah, they were, like, at her front door. Yeah, like, it, not even on the road. They they were in on the property, on the estate. Yeah, that's what I was, like... Which I thought was... Super illegal. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if that would be... Like, if you tell someone to get off your property, don't they have to? Well, yeah, it was a gated, closed property. Yeah. I just assume that would be stepping on, you know... Um, What's the word? Like uh, like trespassing. Yes, yeah, trespassing. Yeah, yeah. That's the word. Oh, my God. I'm just frazzled by the story. So at this point today, as far as we know, Erin uh, Patterson remains a suspect uh, and nothing has changed um, for the past few days, really. Yeah. Um, the media over the last 72 hours has gone extremely quiet Uh, with new information so a lot of media outlets are just doing let's look at the timeline much like what we just did yeah um because they know that there is a very active investigation going on but i feel like the police and probably legal professions have locked down any information coming out yeah they'd have to yeah especially since she was interviewed out front of her house. She was really put on the spot. Absolutely. Um, and I would presume that, you know, she'll, she'll probably have some kind of media training um, around this point. Yeah, surely. Like, it's just too active. Like, there's just too much going on. And yep. media involving, involving themselves in a case can trip up the case 100 percent. this is what i'm worried about this is yeah i'm really really worried that there's just so much media going on there's so much hearsay there are so much chinese whispers going on mm-hmm. how on earth are they going to choose if this ever went to trial a jury who's going to be impartial yeah. everyone's heard about this and everybody seems to have an opinion well exactly and especially if they put out like Think about how a lawyer's going to lay this out. Like, Mm. it's going to be like, obviously, obviously. And if you've already heard about it and made up your mind about it, you can't be impartial. Yeah. Yeah, You can't find people who don't know about this. We'll never be chosen for juries. Well, not for for a homicide case. Have you ever done jury duty? I have not. Either have I. Mm. Everyone around me, my partner's been picked twice. I'm like, hey... (laughs) Wow. But I'd never be picked. So I've got a series of questions 
let's discuss. Yep. And I think you have some questions as well. Yes, I did a little bit of research myself and I think my, co- my questions are going to be much the same as yours. Okay, well, so Let's if we it. double up, we double up. Let's do it. The big question, where did the mushrooms come from? She has said that she bought them locally. Uh, she then changed her answer to no comment. She's apparently, according to an article that's just come out today, she's gone back to saying, yes, I bought them at a local, a local supermarket. Yeah. Um, I know that people do forage for mushrooms around the Gippsland area and I've heard that there are a lot of signs around the Gippsland area saying don't forage for mushrooms because death cap mushrooms can look very similar to the edible ones. Yeah. Um, we've got family friends that have invited us over for lunch and they've said, hey, we picked these mushrooms. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Have some mushrooms. Nah. No. <laughs> you go, oh, thank you so much. Um, so if... There had been a suspected batch of bad mushrooms. The stores would be able to trace that batch yes. and and also the distribution centre that it went to. Mm. The farm or the growing area would also be investigated and then a recall would then be publicised and widely publicised. Absolutely. Do you remember when the needle in the strawberries thing happened? Absolutely. Everyone knew, don't eat strawberries, there might be a needle in it. The lettuce I was going to say the lettuce and the spinach recently. Right, right. If there's a recall on fresh produce, everyone knows about it, everybody freaks out. Absolutely. And as far as I know, the villagers have not been told to freak out about mushrooms. Yes, especially something so public. If it was like Woolworths, they're not going to risk that. No. At all. 100%. No. Uh, Is it possible... That she got the mushrooms from a local produce stall, maybe at the side of the road. It's country. You see stalls for fruit and vegetables and flowers when you're driving out in the country all the time. If that's true, could she be covering for the people that she bought them from? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Could it be that innocent? I mean, again, maybe. But, like, the fact that she's doubling down on the supermarkets and it's so obvious that... There hasn't been the recalls. They wouldn't risk it. Like, no. mm. Yeah, it seems to me that she's sticking to that supermarket story. She could also be terrified of changing any factor about her story. True. Because as soon as she changes something, everyone goes, oh, well, what about the rest of it? Like, everything falls apart once you change your story. Exactly. Yeah. On August 10th, Nine News wrote that they had contacted all local grocery stores in Leongatha and a farmer's market and all have said that they haven't had any recalls on any mushroom products. Right. So what did she eat at the lunch? Most sources say that she didn't have any symptoms, but the Dr. Todd Grande video says that she had a whole different meal. But this is – I'm getting mixed reports on this. Yeah. That – some are saying they all went to the lunch, but she didn't present symptoms. Uh, some are saying that she had a whole different lunch. There's no evidence to support that claim. Yeah, she's not saying anything about it either. No, no. She said that the kids had something different, which if you're having like 
beef wellington or stroganoff and kids are not interested in that kids aren't having they that. want their nugs yeah you know tendies yeah yeah, yeah give me some chips and tendies <laughs> yeah and a bit of ketchup and they're happy yeah exactly and sometimes like you know when you are doing a grown-up meal like that you know it's just easier to keep the kids quiet like you know give them something that they like yeah <laughs> especially if it was meant to be such an important lunch. yeah like and Beef Wellington is not an easy meal to prepare. It takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're you're doing it from scratch. And she could have not had it because she was so nervous. Maybe. It's another factor. Like, it's, yeah, you just got to kind of look at it every single direction. Maybe she's a fussy eater. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe she's got specific food requirements. Maybe she has diabetes or celiac disease or maybe she has food intolerance and she just can't eat a lot of food that other people eat. So maybe she just had something very, very plain. Like maybe she just had some veggies yeah, um, or something like that. She wanted to impress But she wanted family. to make something nice and homely and traditional for everybody else. Yeah. Another thing that I'm interested, if and when Ian wakes up, what is he going to have to say? I hope that we do get to hear from him. Uh, uh, just for, like, the sake of the whole family that and the people who have unfortunately passed. like Because I'm telling you what I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing Aaron fans speaking up. No. No one seems to be saying, hey, leave my friend alone. Or... Well, you know, she would never do this. She's a lovely person. She does things for the community. She's a great mum. No one is saying those things. No, and she did say that uh, one of the, I think it was in the, the Dr. Grande video, that he, she was keeping her friends out of it because they didn't want to be part of the media. She's, she's True. like, I've got friends that, you know, want to help me, but they don't want to be part of the media circus. So I'm telling them to stay away and it's like, I think if you're a true friend, I think... I'd be, be picking up that phone. I'd be, right there, be like, excuse me, no. I'd be out the front of my friend's house, like, get out yeah. of here. You need to leave. And, uh, you know, my friend would never do anything like that, you know. Um, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be keeping quiet. No, why? unless they believe that it is possible that she has done something. Right, right. Or at least I'd be, you know, calling up the police and saying, look, do you need a character witness? Because I, I'm passionately, uh, you know, determined that my friend did not do this. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe she mm. would not do this. Right. If she did do it, what would the motive have been? Mm. What's your first um, thought? <sighs> my, my, my little... My surface level brain, as mm. soon as I heard everything that happened, is one of my questions about Simon obviously not being there. Mm-hmm. But she's got the whole backup family there. She's trying to convince them that they should get back together. He was sick last year, which again, we're not speculating whether she had anything to do with that. But what if she was just like, if I don't get the answer I want, like, this is the alternative. Like, this will be the outcome for me. Like, a revenge? Yeah. Like, okay. Like, yeah. I suppose that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know. It's so risky, though, because what if they go, actually, we do love you, Aaron. We miss you. We want you back. Like, exactly. I, In which case, I'm wondering if 
say in a situation like this, one might have put what they thought was a low dose of a poisonous substance in mm. the lunch, expecting that if someone or people fell ill, I could act as a nurse of sorts and a, um, a, a, and a loving family member willing to do anything for a sick family member. Yeah, I can prove myself. In which case, exactly, I can prove myself. What about that time when you got sick and I looked after you? Yeah. And I drove you to your appointments and, you know, I brought you dinner and, I, and all those things. In which case, um, it's almost like a case of Munchausen by proxy, isn't mm. it? It's like getting sympathy through someone else that is ill, that is connected to you. Yeah. Yeah. There is that question in my mind. Yeah, I can see that. I can see what you mean. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, uh, if she's married to this guy and uh, these people die, well, she's, she's entitled to inheritance. So that's, well, that's a possibility. The thing, isn't it, it about like her parents dying mm. in 2019 and she inherited the house, which, again, speculation that it was like over a million dollar home. Mm-hmm. How did her parents die? Like we don't know. We don't know. No, and I'm not. And both in the same year. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate, and, and again, it could just be a really great tragedy, which is awful. Mm. But it's just like, and then the husband getting sick last year as well, which is incredible that he pulled through all of that, and like you know, coma and everything. Like it's just, it could just be a really series of unfortunate events for her. What I'm confused about is uh, why didn't he have um, a diagnosis that was as quick as what these people had? Yeah. Death cap mushroom poisoning. I mean, within the week, within days, they had that answer. Yes. Where he has mysterious gut issues. That have never Maybe been. Maybe it just was mysterious gut issues. We don't know. Yeah, it... <laughs> Unless she's experimenting. Well, you know, it's hard. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad you did. Because, like, unless she's playing around with, like, what... Seeing what works. Seeing what works. Seeing how she can, like, keep him around. But make sure he's weak enough to stay, you know? Like, especially if it is a mistake. If she used a cat mushrooms, like you said, in Mm. a smaller dose. Mm -hmm. She was trying to do that. And she's overdone it by... A huge amount, obviously. Apparently, like, it only takes a tiny bit. Yeah, I was reading about death cat mushrooms in general, like, like hours, mm. hours, and it, with, with all the help in the world, all the doctors, all the toxicologists in the world, you still won't pull through. Wow. Possibly, possibly. There was um, a really cool uh, ABC story about a man who did in, ingest death cat mushrooms, and he lived. Yes, I read about that. Yes. Yeah, and. Uh, they they were talking to Dr. Jonathan Caro, who's the director of emergency medicine and clinical toxicology uh, at St. Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne. Mm. He said that it's extremely dangerous, difficult for doctors to determine and treat. Right. Uh, in his words, it's one of the most lethal and tox- uh, toxic ingestions a patient can have. Uh, maybe no matter what treatment a patient is provided, they s- they may still die. 
So you'll feel effects in six to ten hours, uh, which is watery vomit and diarrhea, liver failure, mm-hmm. talking about Ian, mm. and death can result in seven to ten days after ingesting. Right. So the fact that it's textbook what's happened to them. Absolutely. But the fact that Simon was in intensive care for 21 days, we'll just say give that. Give or take. Give or take from like his, even his Facebook post. Like it's possible to survive. It's just I think unfortunately for these people it, it was just too late. Mm. And, and their age and considering like their that. age they could have had underlying um, health issues Absolutely. as well okay um so you know on 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 that note you know we we both know that women are well known throughout history for being poisonous mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Most recently, we've had the case of Corey Richens. Are you familiar with this case? I'm not. It's in Utah. Uh, it came out around June. Uh, Corey Richens, uh, 33 years old, allegedly poisoned her husband several times using fentanyl before he died after drinking a cocktail she prepared for him. The day after his death, Corey held a party celebrating the purchase of their new property. Ugh. She then wrote and released a children's book about grief called Are You With Me? before being arrested for his homicide. The case is still ongoing. Yes. Okay, I have heard You've of this. You've read it? Yeah. yeah. According to an affidavit attained, obtained by People magazine, Eric's family believed Richards was responsible for his death. They advised he warned them that if anything happened to him, she was to blame, the affidavit reads. Eric told his family of a pair of past instances where he suspected she poisoned him once on Valentine's Day 2022 and another during a vacation to Greece a few years prior. Greece? What? Like, on on holiday? This is rude. Like, mm, yeah. I can understand the motive behind that, but, like, damn, that's rude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the, Valentine's Day. No, the day after his death, she had a party. she had a party. She didn't call it off. She just went and people. I, I don't think she told that many people. Hey, my my husband died last night. She <laughs> just did no one had go, a party. Hey, where's your husband? Where he at? Mm. And she was like, mm, what husband? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> oh my god! So it's still very common now. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these cases, you know, we're we're looking back into Victorian times when it, it it did happen a lot, and I think we we will cover um, some of these in in later episodes. Um, but um, it's still happening. It's yeah. still happening. It goes back to that thing where, you know, women are more inclined to poison or shoot, whereas men are more inclined to strangle and beat. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Plenty of strengths. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so let's just talk quickly a few a few other things. Um, the dehydrator. This is uh, evidence that the police took this case very seriously because to me, police going to the tip that says this is serious, we're looking for something, yeah. you know, very particular. Um, also, the fact that there was no food danger or public health warning says to me that they are pointing the finger at the person that, that made the lunch. Yes. I'm very I'm also very interested to know what are we going to see in her search histories. 
Her electronic devices have been seized and we often see odd things in search histories before crimes are committed. For example, in the Kaylee Anthony case, there was an alleged search history, uh, search item relating to foolproof suffocation that was made from within the home on the day that she was last seen alive. And also in the Corey Richens case that we just spoke about, according to the BBC, a list of some of her alleged searches, as mentioned in the court documents, included what is a lethal dose of fentanyl? (laughs) You'll like this one. Luxury prisons for the rich in America. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Death certificate says pending. Will life insurance still pay? It's it's like a like a bookend. I'm guilty. Yeah, yeah. I did it. Wh- There's more. There's <laughs> oh more. my god! Can cops force you to do a lie detector test? And how to permanently delete information from an iPhone remotely? So I I think search histories um they're a little bit like nine one one calls. Mm. They can be sensationalist, but they're not always proof yeah (laughs) yeah i mean saying that it's like i'm guilty and big neon signs but also like it's still new isn't it all Mm. this all the technology being evolved like we have very old systems Mm. Mm. that don't involve a lot of new technology so yeah you're right speaking of old systems uh, you know, that guy that built the cell, the, the slave cell in his garage two weeks ago oh my God. and the lady oh. escaped from that, he had a notepad no. with, 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 um, with things that he was going to do. One of them was choose someone that doesn't have many people around her because they won't miss her. Oh. He wrote it on paper with a pen. Criminals are not always claimed to be the smartest people no, around. No, thank God. Oh, far out. Do you have any? Um, do you have any other questions that I haven't covered? Um, I think the big one for me is why did Simon cancel last minute? Mm. Why was he ever invited? Uh, all speculation points to yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. But um, speculation also points to the fact that he had no intention of getting back together with Erin. Yeah, true. So it could just be, I cancelled because I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. It could be, it could have been truly like I got called into work. Yeah, absolutely. And they're understaffed um, or it could be I don't feel well or it could be anything. Yeah, it could be like the last time I ate your food, I didn't didn't go so well actually. let's just call and it like, self-care yeah <laughs> that's what i say every time i flag out no yes. <laughs> <laughs> two things um i think i the dehydrate is getting me i can't wait for mm. like it sounds like i'm like excited but it's like i just i got to know what was in the dehydrator because i think that's going to be such a big factor right and it could be nothing and it could not relate to her at all. Mm. It's just fascinating it turned up after. After the, they fell ill. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I don't think so. I kind of want to know, obviously. This is all Having very, like, said that, though, Sunday for me is tip day. Sometimes if I've got a lot of crap in my garage, I wait till a Sunday and I just take it to the tip on a Sunday. Yeah. 
So maybe Sunday just happened to be tip day and she didn't want her dehydrator anymore. And she's like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not interested in this anymore. Which, no. Again, we just have to assume that, like, the best. Exactly. We We've to. got to give her the benefit of the doubt for the moment. Yeah. Uh, I don't think... I, I was more like, I, I think we've covered pretty much mm. all the questions here mm. and I'm sure we have the same questions as every single other person looking right. at this case. Yes. I, I was really interested in how a media and technology affects cases now mm. and juries and we were talking about that um, and I just kind of stumbled upon upon something really cool that was a legal researcher in the Tasmanian Law Reform Institute has been recommending we adapt the procedures uh, with jurors to change. Uh, So rather than trying to fight them, so they've recommended introducing training to anyone who is called to jury duty, Mm. educate them on the risks of the internet use and how jurors can self-regulate. This story is so huge and so quickly like just bang, it's been like what two weeks? Mm-hmm. Not, it's exploded. It's massive. I just wonder if this is going to be like, regardless of the outcome, and I want to assume the best for everyone else involved, obviously. But I wonder how it's going to affect things like this, like how we're going to move forward. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just fascinating. Like you know, are we just going to have to get jurors from? Alice Springs, maybe don't read the paper because yeah. maybe the paper doesn't get delivered there. I mean, someone really remote that's never heard of this, yeah. um, because it's it's gonna it's it's going to be um, what's what's the term? But it, yeah, there's going to be a lot of issues because people will go in with a predisposition or yeah. a, a pre-existing bias. I think. Yeah, and what happens if? it does go to court and it goes to trial, all of that, and it gets thrown out because everyone is so got an opinion, like mm. predetermined opinion. Like it, it just is happening more and more. And it, I don't know, like maybe because it's happening right now, mm. it feels very big because it is. Mm. But I just it feels like one of those things that could change, you know, the system, mm. hopefully. I'm just hoping that this does not turn into um four people dead yes i'm just really hoping that ian pulls through and um that he gets whatever help medicine transplant that he needs yeah um because he's already lost so much yeah yeah absolutely shall we conclude we shall in conclusion is erin patterson a caring wife and mum or is she the black widow of leon gaffer what a great name, full stop. Is this just a trial by media? If she is arrested and charged with the deaths, what will the trial look like? These are just thoughts that I write, wrote down last night before I went to sleep. Inch- information about this case seems to have been locked down in the last few days, so I'm guessing police are trying to keep any remaining details out of the media in order for this to stay as impartial a case as possible. Exactly what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. Meaning, let's give this woman the benefit of the doubt. This yet still may be a terrible accident. <sighs> Innocent till proven guilty. I also want to say, um, if you do have any information about this or any other unsolved case, um, I, I'm going to start uh, reading out the Crime Stoppers number because 
I think there's so many cases at the moment, especially cold cases where somebody knows something. Mm. So um, if you do have any information about this or any other case, the Crime Stoppers number is one 800 0 or you can go to their website, crimestoppers.com.au. You can send a written report online if you don't wish to speak to someone. It's wonderful. And just a reminder as well, Crime Stoppers are not the police. They're actually an independent not-for-profit registered charity who work closely with the police. So don't be afraid of calling them and thinking that you're going to be in trouble or that you're going to be interrogated. Um, They're purely just there to help get information about ongoing cases and cold cases. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I suppose we'll probably follow this up with a part two when we when more information comes out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'd love to hear your uh, opinions on this. Get on our Instagram page. It's I think my fridge is haunted. Leave us a comment. Um, and also this season, um, we're we're pushing reviews. So give yes. us a review. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> Leave us a nice review. Yes, absolutely. On Apple Podcasts or or anyone or anywhere else that you can. I don't know where yeah. you can. Le- Spotify. I don't Spotify, think you can do reviews I, on Spotify. I don't think so. No, Apple. Think so I believe you can. Oh, just a nice comment on just Instagram. Just a nice comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just put little star emojis and you know. <laughs> Lana Lunacy, will you come back? Um, absolutely I Thank will. You. This has been an absolute blast and Aww. I love like <laughs> like brain vomiting with you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, thank you. I like brain vomiting with yeah, you too. Brain vomiting. That's that's totally a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just nice to discuss these things where like I, I feel like a lot of us are kind of scared to say things sometimes mm. and mm. obviously mm. fear of judgment, of course, but like giving you and I a, a place to talk about these things is wonderful, but also giving everyone a community to go, oh, yeah. I thought that too. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wonderful. So, yeah. Do you want to take us out with our uh, outgoing tagline? Oh, yes. Um, I, I know the first, uh, uh, stay creepy. No. No. <laughs> No, no don't be a creep. I've got, the, I've got the last half. It's don't be a creep. Okay. I'll do the first bit then. Yes, please. Thank you. Until next time, be creepy. But don't be a creep. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>